Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Life's Essentials with Prem Rawat. In this week's episode, Prem continues his tour in South Africa talking to TV documentary producer Ariana Azzolini about how to control your road rage, the problem with three-wheeled cars and the platform for humanity. For more information, head over to premrawat.com. This podcast is brought to you thanks to Udo's Oil, made with your health in mind www.udoschoice that's U-D-O-S choice.com and theudo.com T-H-E-U-D-O.com Why are you doing this and what actually drives you? Where do you find that energy every day to deliver this? And yeah, what is your driving force? So, well why I'm here and what drives me it's really my platform is very unique because I don't come from a religious platform and I don't come from a political platform and I'm not coming from a economic platform so it's really a very neutral platform and it's a platform that I like to look at as a human platform where we as humans are taking care of what is important to us because there's so much noise right now in this world noise about oh this is important this is what you have to do this is how this should be this is how that should be and this is wrong and that's wrong and we are wrong because we didn't do this right and and yet human beings have gone through so much evolution have gone through so many changes, but they haven't really changed. I mean, we still have a tailbone and we haven't really changed and our needs haven't really changed. And so to have a platform that really addresses the human beings, the need for the peace of human beings, the need for us to feel alive every day, for us to be excited about being alive every day, that the opportunity that we have in this incredible cosmos that exists where everything is being ripped apart and put back together that we get a chance to be on this face of this earth this incredibly beautiful earth which is abundantly giving us and supplying us with all the things that we need to be alive and this little niche in this universe that we have and it's it's incredibly small it is smaller than the head of a needle but we exist there and sometimes we get lost in our bigness till we see the cosmos till we see the stars till we see the ocean and the vastness of it but then to understand that in this little niche that we have there is something really amazing going on that we can be happy and that 
is huge. That is monumental. That we can be in peace. That can. That is monumental. Uh, and to talk to people about that. This is my platform, and this is what I do. And I know, I know this, because I do travel the world. I know that there is not too many people who sit on this platform. Very, very few people actually sit on this platform, because everything becomes political or economical issues or become religious issues. And this is one issue that is just relating to human beings. But uh, still my question is, as a human being, why? You know, do you want to bring world peace? Do you want to... What, what is it that I'm looking for that? I, I see all that you're, you know, you're explaining to me, but I would like to know why Mr. Pan, what is inside and drives him to do all of this? You know, that spark. Yes, Sir Edmund Hillary was once asked why did he want to climb the Mount Everest and his answer was because it's there and why all this from my side because it's there peace is a reality peace is a possibility for us to be in joy is a possibility for us not to be killing each other is a possibility. For us to be content is a possibility. For us to actually experience the opportunity of every moment in our lives and be fulfilled is actually a possibility. And if we don't accept that, if we don't understand that possibility, and all we understand is all the negatives that are in the world, because there's plenty of negatives. I'm not saying that there aren't. There's a lot of people who kill each other. There's people who rape each other. But do you realize it isn't the trees that rape people. It's human beings that rape people. It's not the trees that rob people. It's the human beings that rob people. So let's talk about so, these human beings because I love human beings. Yes. Though there's a lot of controversy and contrast and, you know, darkness and light at the same time. What is it? What is it? What is a human being for you? Human being is the holder of both. It is like on one side it has light and on one side it has darkness. And the human being can choose. The human being has a choice. The human being can actually choose the light or can choose the darkness. If we are not aware of the light, then obviously we are in darkness. Because what is light? I mean, what is, what is darkness? What is light? This is the only thing that darkness does and light does. If I have a room and in that room I have a box and the box is full of coins and then there's a beautiful vase and there's a beautiful table and there's beautiful chairs and there's a beautiful bed, all these things. And it's pitch dark. Pitch dark. Not one little iota, not one half quarter millionth lux of light, nothing. Do I know about that box? No. Do I see the flowers? No. Do I see the bed? No. Everything I want is there, but I, it is, I, I don't see it. Now what does light do? Does light create those flowers? Light, light brings the new bed? No, it's already there. It illuminates. It shows me. Now I 
am aware. That's what light does. And if we are not choosing that, then obviously we're in darkness. You know, it's beautiful and it's actually very profound. I was, uh, I just got a, um, a memory of yesterday at the radio station. You were speaking to the interviewer and you were saying, you were talking about peace and finding happiness. And then you said, I'm still there, you know, I'm not out of, of it. I'm still looking for peace, I'm still looking for happiness. So I was like intrigued, you know, a man like you that is still working on it somehow. Is that, how do you... Mm. <laughs> when you were born, one of the first things you did was to take a breath, right? So you've been breathing all your life. So if you don't breathe for the next 20 days, what's the big deal, right? I die. <laughs> right? Well, no, you don't breathe for the next 20 days, you're going to be dead. You don't breathe for the next 10 minutes, you're going to be dead. Five minutes, you're going to be dead. So you can't say, well, I've been breathing all my life. What is five minutes? It is an everyday effort to open my eyes in that light. Because ultimately, this is the thing. Even if there's this incredible light, I can just close my eyelids. And now I don't see anymore. You know, and somebody's gone through the incredible expense of bringing lights into that room and illuminating it and everything. And here I am, I've got these free eyelids. And I go, ah, and I don't see anymore. So it is my effort to open my eyes. It is my effort to look at those things. It is my effort to recognize those things that has to be continuous. A lot of people think once you feel peace, that's it. They don't have any idea what peace is. You want to feel peace every moment of your life. And you have to strive for it. You have to make an effort for it. You know, you have to make an effort to get lost because you have to become unconscious not conscious. And so you have to drop being conscious and become unconscious. What the consequences are? Are you aware of them? Do you know what the consequences of being unconscious are? Well, sometimes people don't. But I know the consequences of being aware, the consequences of having my eyes open, of consequences of seeing, consequences of realizing, consequences of moving forward, because that's what every day is. Every day is an opportunity for me to move in the direction that I want. Has it ever been hard to find that life in your daily life as a person? Of course. Of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> Has it been hard to find that light? Has it been hard to find that peace some days? Yes, of course. Of course. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you have no idea where you are. I have gotten up out of my bed and just stood there at night going, where am I? Where exactly? And in fact, I can tell you a little funny story. I was in uh, Melbourne and I was staying on the 40th floor or something like that. And so I had no idea where I am, but I saw the little light coming from the curtain. So I opened the curtain and I looked out there and there was the whole city of Melbourne all lit up. And the first thought that came to my head is, Prem, you have died, you're going up. Because <laughs> I'm looking at the skyline of the city. And then I realized, no, no, wait a minute, you must be in Melbourne. And, and, and then it all came to me. But 
Yes, there are days. And that's why it is so important to make that effort every day. But that effort, I can look at that effort as a pain or as a privilege. And I want to see that effort as a privilege, not a pain. And that, yes, Prem, you have to realize that you are on a huge ship, but if you jump, you'll be in the water. And when you're in the water, all the consequences of drowning in the water and all of that are right there. You can't miss it. He'll take it out. He's yeah. good at it. <laughs> so, um, is it a calling? Is, is, would you call yours a calling? I don't know what, well, would I call what I feel or do a calling? Um, it's not so methodical. Do I like doing what I do? Yes. And so if that means it's a calling, then yes, it's a calling. But if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, I really know one thing, and I have met so many people in my life. Everybody has a special gift. Now we start comparing gifts, which is a very bad idea. We say, oh yeah, your gift is better than mine, or I wish I could be doing this, or I wish I could be doing, I could be like him. Those are people see. Film actors, you know, and they go, I wish I looked like that, and I wish I looked like that. No, you have to look at yourself. You're stuck with yourself, so you better look at yourself. Well, who are you? When you look at yourself, who you are, you really begin to understand that you have a gift. And you find that gift, and you nurture that gift, and you give that gift. Because the gift that you have is for giving. If you don't give it, it's not a gift. You can't, you can't hog a gift. You have to give a gift. That's when it becomes a gift. And this is, this is what I feel, that if I have a clarity and I can share it, then I have to share. I need to share. Because then maybe it makes another person clear. I see that when I go and I have this peace education program and I go to places and I talk about that to people, that it brings comfort in their lives, that it brings a clarity in their lives. So it's the first time that they're, they're looking at this and going, oh my God, it's up to me. I can walk out of this prison when I do. I don't have to come back here. It's up to me how I am. I, this is not destiny. Oh my God, I, you know, I, was, I must have done something really bad in my last lifetime. No, no, no. It was bad choices that you made that got you in here and you can make good choices and get out of here and stay out of here. Um, in your, you came many times in South Africa. Yes. I've heard from Paul the old story when you were 14 and you were banned. Um, I was very, you know, impressed <laughs> by how can a 14 year old have so much courage, you know, and what, what are your feelings about uh, what happened when you were 14? How did you get that courage to say no to segregated event? to continue to, you know, to stand in front of the police and say, and stand your grounds uh, at 14. Yeah, when I, when I came 
to South Africa the first time apartheid was in full swing. And I had heard about apartheid, but only heard. And so when I actually got here, I saw it in action. And the first thing that I saw in action was the bathroom. And it had very clear signs. And I'm like, what? I mean, my God, you know, what you do in there is the same that anybody would be doing. And so I wanted to go to the bathroom and it's like, this is, this is wrong. This is just wrong. And uh, then I came into town and I saw people on the street and it, I, there was nothing obvious. But then I started looking at the newspaper and stuff and all the atrocities that were happening. And they were like, my God. So then uh, people came to me and they said, oh, well, you know, by the way, uh, we have events lined up for you, but these events have to be segregated. And I said, sorry, I'm not going to do that. If I'm going to talk about peace, I'm... see, this is that platform, the human platform, and it has nothing to do with governments and it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. And it's about people. So I want to talk to people and whoever they are. So it just so happened that I did it and uh, they watched me. The government was watching me very, very closely. Uh, and uh, at that time, all the apartheid rules, I am afraid I did break them. Um, because you, there was, a, you know, even in the car, how you were to be seated in the car. Um, if, if, if there were certain people who were sitting in the front, then certain kind of people had to sit in the back. And some of my, the friends who were here with me were from America. So we were just sitting wherever we were sitting. And, you know, nobody cared. And so... Basically, at the end of the day, um, it wasn't a question of courage as much as it was a question of this is not right. And what is not right is not right. And uh, it, I, I actually got a taste of it too when I was on my way here because I, I was an Indian passport holder and so I couldn't directly travel here. I had to go to another country. And I went to this country and... I was staying at this house and it was a friend of friends of friends house and so on. And the person who was bringing uh, water, food, different things, I started talking to him. And he was like a servant, you know, and so I wasn't supposed to be talking to a servant. And they were, the family was very upset that I was talking to him. And I was like, but excuse me, he's a human being. I mean, what are you saying? He's a, and so somebody actually came to me from my party and said, well, you better not talk to him because, you know. And I said, don't you ever tell me that again. I was talking to a human being, no different than you. And, and you were born, he was born. And so why is he that he's not the same level? And so I, I actually said, on, I was supposed to stop in the same house on my way back to India. I said, I'm not staying here. So what did the government uh, do to you? Like, did they punish you? Well, the, I was 14 years old, so they really didn't want to, you know, make a big incident, arrest me. So what they did is they blacklisted me. I could not come. So when I applied for the visa to come back to South Africa, no. No, no more? No more. Uh, I think South Africa is still having, a, if it is not, uh, you know, apartheid, it's, there's still some economical 
apartheid going. So there's certain parts of the of the people that um disadvantaged, marginalized, and another part that is you know rich and wealthy, and uh, sometimes it goes with the color. So my question is, what what is your vision for this tour in this new South Africa, post-apartheid South Africa, after your history of uh, a knowledge of <laughs> you know of, of the racial discrimination? Everything that I know about uh, about apartheid, <clears throat> it's like a hurricane, like a big storm. No storm just starts like that, and no storm just ends like that. So. Maybe we are seeing the fringe of the storm. But it is not about the storm. It is the strength of the people that will allow them to endure the strength of the storm. And again, coming from this platform of humanity, of, of human beings, because at the end of the day, it is humanity that has to win. For all of us, it has to, it has to win. People say to me on radios, you know, like, yeah, but there's so much crazy people in this world and there's da, 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 da. I, I agree 100%. But what is our option? The ship is going down otherwise. And anything that will keep the ship afloat means we will not be in the water. And we have to do something, whatever it takes. Is that your vision for this tour? This, the, the vision for this tour is no different than the vision that I have in many, many different places, which is to put people in touch with their own humanity. That's all I have to do. And Light the candle. Can you say that again? I was speaking. Light the candle. Light the candle. Light the candle. And whatever is in the room will become obvious. Can I ask you one question? And if you can answer me with two words. So who is Prem Rawat? Who is Prem Rawat? Prem Rawat is not finished being Prem Rawat. Very hard to answer that question. In two words. And <laughs> two words. From Rawat. Human being. Beautiful. <laughs> the last thing I wanted um, to ask you to, if you could quickly summarize the story of the cult uh, with the whole. Um, very quickly, I want it to be the introduction of the documentary with some beautiful images, a very evocative um, terrain. I'll make it quick and short, compressed. A king once ordered a garden to be made and asked his uh, gardener, to look after it and to take care of it. The gardener used to take two pots on a big bamboo pole and take them down to the river. And every day he had to trek quite far up to bring water for the garden. He used to take care of the two big pots that he had. One day he realized that one of the pots got a hole in it and it would leak all the water. So it just came to pass that 
the two pots were there one morning and the one pot that was complete said to the other pot that had a hole in it, you are no good. You are no good because you have a hole in it. By the time this gardener brings the water up here, you are empty. This garden that you see is because of me, not because of you. So you're no good, you're useless. Hearing this, the pot realized, yeah, it did have a defect, it had a hole in it, and so the pot felt very, very sad. When the gardener came, he looked at the two pots, and he looked at the pot with a hole in it, and said, why are you so sad? He says, well, I'm no good, I'm useless to you. This garden is because of this pot that is complete. I've got a hole in me, I have a defect. Every time you bring water, by the time you bring me up here, it's empty. The gardener said, yes, this garden maybe is because of this pot that does not have a hole in it. But have you noticed all the flowers along the path from down from the river up to this garden? They're all because of you. Because when you got a hole in you, I realized that as I brought you up, you were leaving a little trickle of water all along the path. This garden will only be enjoyed by the king. That path will be enjoyed by many travelers. They will look at those flowers that are there because of you, and they will smile. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Just very, very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Life's Essentials with Prem Rawat. We'll be back soon with more episodes. In the meantime, it would be great if you could subscribe and give us a review as well. For more information, go to premrawat.com. My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly, novelty keyring, yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. <laughs> the good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I've bought that quite a lot of times, I think. Right, okay. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of great apps up now and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.